And hello, movie lovers. And tonight, I actually have one of my good friends on with me, and that's Josh. He's actually a Merc with a Movie blog. He's back again to talk about Scream. We're going to be reviewing Scream 5, which is also known as Scream 2022. But with further ado, let's go ahead. Let's get on with the show. It's good to have him here, and let's do this. And hey, Josh, how are you doing, my man? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, it's always a good night to talk about Scream. And of course, you actually have your little buddy with you sitting next to you. So that's always good. Oh, yeah. You got a little Mr. Ghostface sitting next to you as a special guest. So I do appreciate him taking the night of his night of killing to talk about his own murder. So that's always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I remember seeing this in theaters and I remember not enjoying this one as much as I wanted to. Now I know everyone's probably wondering, well, what do I think of it now? And I'm going to get to that later on within my review on what I think about it now after reviewing it. And then after that, I'm going to go in through my rankings, even though I did my rankings after I did the other one with vengeance. But you know, I think that this is actually a pretty cool concept of having it take place 22 years later. And seeing what these other characters have been up to yeah. since then, especially with Dewey and then uh, Gail and and of course Courtney Cox's not Courtney Cox but Nev Campbell's character of Sydney, and seeing what those characters have been doing after the, all this time. But when you first saw this in theaters, what did you think of it? I actually saw it on Paramount Plus first. Okay, um, yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, but I love this movie. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna say it's my favorite other than the original. And even after rewatching it, I still feel that way. Uh, I I love pretty much everything that they do in it. Um, the, they take some pretty big swings with it and I thought it worked, but uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed and like, I, mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to see the new one yet. So I'm really excited to see what they do to continue with these characters. So. Okay. But yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and talk about this. But yeah, it takes place 24 years after Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker's killing spree in Woodsboro High School. Student Tara Carpenter is home alone when she is attacked by Ghostface and left hospitalized. And this is some of the things I really liked within the movie itself, how it opens up. Of course, yeah. we always had that killing, the stabbing scene always in the introduction into the Shrey movies. But I like how they make it us uh, more self-aware of how the horror genre has actually changed once again. Because we talked yeah. about this in Scream 4. Yes. Where they talked about different types of horror movies. And now this time they go with the Bada Duke. They go with all these other films yeah. and how the they elevated change. horror. They, you know, they talk about a lot, which I thought was really cool. Um, I love this opening because it's it's you think it's gonna be the, the typical opening, and it's not because she doesn't die. And she becomes a main character throughout the movie. You know, that's something that right. we don't, we've never seen before in any of the other screen movies. And I thought that was fascinating. That's what I liked about it though, too, was the fact that she is the main focus of it. Jenna Ortega's character yeah. of Tara being in this movie. And I like how she's, um, she's just minding her own business, just having a night where she's going to watch a movie yeah. once again. And then you get that call, phone call of, What's your favorite scary movie? And then she starts going in through the Bada Duke, the different horror movies. And then I like how they play off the te technical aspect of it, where now there's new technology now. We talked about this in Scream 4, yes, where we had the smartphones and things like that. But now we're dealing with smartphones and also the uh, the cameras and the doorbells. We're dealing with the, the home security system. systems. Yeah. With the ability to lock your your hot door from from a button, which I thought was a really cool aspect that he was able to uh, was she actually uh, was able to I'm assuming hack into the system because I mean she was able to clone well she well she says clone but I'm wondering if she cloned uh, Tara's phone instead because like getting access to that can't be that easy you would think so it's a uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was definitely interesting on how they played off the narrative of the cloning the phones and doing the um, system itself, the security systems. And that's what I liked was how self-aware it was to that point. And then when Ghostface goes on ahead and tries to, uh, thinks that we're going to go on ahead and kill Amber, 
Because normally it's always the girl that's introduced in the very first of it, but no, they wind up introducing us to Amber, which is one of our friends. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you only have, well, let's play a little game. Let's go ahead and see how much you actually know about horror movies. So she's like, and she does not know anything about the stab movies or anything like that. And that's when uh, Ghostface, uh, I'm going to give you three questions. And those three questions, if you get them wrong, I'm going to kill your friend Amber. And so. Yeah. I like how mm-hmm. also using IMDb as her source. To yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. I thought that was great. <clears throat> I mean, it's a smart move, uh, really, because uh, you, you're you're stuck on the phone with this with this person. He's they're, they're asking you all these questions, and that's life and death, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta find a way. You gotta find a way. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Ghostface didn't say no Google, no uh, IMDb. <laughs> and they, she he actually searches. Right. I think it doesn't matter because it wouldn't. Honestly, it didn't matter whether she got him right or wrong. Uh, it, That's true. It really didn't because she could have She could have actually answered that last question correctly, which when she both times I watched it because I watched it when it first came out last year. And then I watched this is the first time since. So like. I, I had forgotten some of the stuff, you know, in between. So it was, some of it was fresh to me. Um, and both times when she doesn't answer that last question correctly, I'm like, no, you're wrong. There's two killers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I remember when I was like, no, you forgot about Stu, Billy mm-hmm. and Stu. Yep. And I was even doing the same thing. I said, no, girl, you got that one wrong. Amber's going to die now. And then instead, like, Ghostface comes out of nowhere. Okay, how does she forget Stu Mocker when we find out later on that her best friend lives in Stu's house? Like, My thing says. Do you think that she knew that it was Stu's house or did you think that she didn't know any of the history of that house? I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not Amber ever talked about it because Amber knew. Right. I don't I don't know if if she ever talked about it, but I don't know. (laughs) Amber seems like the type of person that would actually keep to herself about that. But still, it's a small town, so you would actually have to figure a small town talk. So you would have to n- think that Tara would know something about it. Yeah. So, but still, yeah. How do you forget about Stu? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and besides Billy, but yeah. And then uh, you also have this one. She was winds up being hospitalized, and then of course Tara's in Modesto, uh, Modesto, um, with her um which is Sam Carpenter, which I like how they're naming these characters after certain directors, like John Carpenter. Then you have Wes in mm-hmm. this movie, which is a little tip of the hat to Wes Craven. So I do appreciate the little tip of the hats to other horror directors yeah. in this movie. So that's something I really do appreciate that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, she winds up being informed by Wes Hicks, which was off, which was um, Dewey's partner in the fourth one. And yep. one of Tara's friends about the attack. Deputy Judy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't mind her in. I, I didn't mind uh, Judy being in this one that much. Yeah. Because she wasn't like up in the forefront like she was with Dewey trying to get that awkward candies and trying to get him to sleep with her and stuff like that. It was, it was just awkward on that. But this one, yeah. she was pretty much like a background character in a sense where she wasn't up in the forefront. I'll say this, you know, I and we talked about it in in the Scream Four review that I I I love that movie, like I like it more than the the other sequels. Um, but they there was a lot of stuff that they did in that movie that they fixed in this. You know, they made Judy a better character. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. gotten to him yet, but they they put back stuff about Dewey that they took away in the fourth movie that bothered me quite a bit that we talked about. Um, I really think this movie is what they were trying to do with Scream 4. And they f- they weren't able to do quite do that. So uh, I think that's a big reason why I like this one much more. Mm-hmm. It's because it felt like they actually finally succeeded at what they were trying to do with the previous one. Right. And like you mentioned, the fourth <laughs> one, that was pretty much like a reboot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
in a sense where basically they were taking everything that we knew about those characters and putting them in to the fourth film like that without the continuity of the other film. So it definitely fits into what they were doing for the fourth one. But this one we've, we have more (laughs) continuity within the other films now It's more cohesive in my opinion. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Um, I find it interesting also because we talked about in the last one, how the music to you felt off. Yeah. And they went back and reused original music for this movie. And I loved it. Every single time, you know, those very specific pieces of music would would play. It just took me right back to that original movie. I loved it. Same here. I thought the music wasn't (laughs) off this time. I felt like everything worked within that stuff. It's just like little small things within the movie itself. I had problems with like little nitpicks and stuff like that. But I thought that they did a good job of trying to fix whatever problems they had with the fourth one, though. Yeah. In a sense. Um, but yeah, then you also have, of course, Tara's friends about the attack. Sam returns to Woodsboro with her boyfriend, Richie. And I just find it hilarious that Richie is the same guy from The Boys. Yeah. And I'm like, really? You picked a scrawny guy to be your boyfriend type person and stuff like that. But I thought that was kind of weird to actually have him in here. But I thought it was actually hilarious, though, too, at the same time. <laughs> Uh, then yeah, of course, his, yeah. his character, I think, is the only one to me that just it felt a little off. And I mean, maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted you to kind of feel off kilter with that character, you know, just in general, because, you know, of what happens at the end. But uh, he just I don't know, compared to everybody else, he did not he didn't fit to me. No, he didn't fit into the storyline that well. And, you know, even with uh, him trying to convince that he's not the killer, I didn't really find that very convincing yeah. or anything like that either. Or, but <clears throat> I just felt like it was very miscast or misplaced in this movie. Yeah. As well. But, you know, it is what it is. But um, Sam is reunited with Tara's friend group. Wes, Amber, Freeman, twins Chad and Mindy, Meeks, Mar- uh, Meeks Martin and Liv McKenzie. That night, Liv's ex-boyfriend, Vince uh, Schneider, who is Stu's nephew, is killed by Ghostface after an encounter with Ghostface at the hospital. I mean, this kill was vicious. It it made me realize just how incredibly aggressive this version of Ghostface is. And I thought that was fantastic. Um, And because the majority of these kills are Amber, which is when you go through the other movies uh, that have a female killer, you have two and four. It's the guy who does most of the killing, but in this it's not. And I like that. And she is vicious with her kills. I thought it was, I thought that was pretty, pretty fantastic. I did too. And you can actually tell how aggressive that she actually is with the way she's killing everybody though, too. And it's just, I like the, I like the fact that you're using her to your abilities and letting the guy be on the sidelines for a little bit and only use them whenever you need them. I mean, you really only see, I think one of his kills or well, what I should say, one of his attempted kills. Cause he doesn't even, he doesn't even do, he doesn't even do the job. And that's with the, I can't remember her name, but it's the female twin. Um, I don't honestly remember what her name is now, but, and I noticed something about him, the way he, he goes to kill, he kills like Stu. He double hands it because he's as, as insecure about it as Stu was. Yeah. Right. You can definitely tell that he was just basically suckered into this, just like how Stu was yeah. in a sense. But he mimics Stu in a way that is very spot on, especially whenever you see one of the other characters who's watching Stab and we're and basically the same kind of dynamic. And she, he also raises his hands yep. just like Stu does yep. and stuff like that. So, yeah, he does mimic Stu. And even I noticed that. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I even noticed that myself. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was actually pretty cool how it's like 90% Amber and 10% yeah. 
Richie. So I thought that they balanced it out very well. And I thought the motives for Amber actually worked a lot better than what Stu's was. Yeah. Not Stu, uh, Richie, than what Richie's was. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like the whole character of Richie, it just, he's the one part of the movie that I don't like is him. Just him. (laughs) But. You know, um, then after that kill, we actually get to see that, you know, after an encounter of Ghostface at the hospital, Sam tells Tara that she has been dealing with the hallucinations of Billy, who Sam learned as a teenager was her biological father. Sam's true uh, prestige resulted in their parents' separation, and it's why Sam became enraged with from Tara. So... Another thing, too, is I want to mention this. The hospital stuff didn't work for me because of the fact it's in broad daylight. Uh, you actually have Tara fighting uh, Ghostface in the hospital and stuff like that, too. And I'm like, OK, well, where's everybody? Where's the hospital staff at? I can see it was yeah, like night. But we we talked about that in the fourth movie. Right. You know, they're just they're not being people around. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that kind of a commotion didn't attract anybody into the room but you know uh, it's it's one of those things um uh, and unfortunately when it comes to a movie like this, plus it's a small town i don't know how big this hospital is realistically um yeah i don't it's it's one of those things uh but i did notice that amber is a much more bold killer and is mu- is willing to kill in, in in the open in daylight it's because it happens again later on with uh, with Judy, like right broad daylight out right in the open has no problem doing this. Like it's it's an interesting switch up for this for for this killer uh, compared to what we've seen in, in the previous movies. Right, because during the daytime we're supposed to feel like we're safe mm-hmm. from the from these killers. So basically, with Amber doing that, she's turning the whole entire trope on its head. Be like, yeah. well, you may feel like you're safe in the um, safe at night, but in the daylight, you need to watch us too. Yeah. So I definitely like how they switched up the dynamic on that part with the outs- now. I thought the outside kill actually does work. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, Absolutely. When she does that. And a matter of fact, when I remember watching this in theaters and I was just thinking to myself, okay, I'm looking at height and the difference in the height and you can see the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Oh, too. So that was something else that I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, then I also thought that the hallucination part with Billy and and uh sam actually works in this movie i i I love that they went that route because i remember when i first watched it i was like holy shit they actually got skeet Ulrich back and they did the the de-aging on him and stuff which i thought was really cool um i was not expecting that at all and i thought that was fascinating and it really gave that character uh, a lot of depth gave the the character of sam a, a lot of extra depth um i thought so same here. It gives you a lot more of a cohesiveness to her character and makes her more whole. And knowing that she's battling with this, it makes me wonder if they were going to go with a split personality type with her, where she basically winds up becoming a killer later on. I mean, that could have been actually really interesting where it's kind of like, a, I mean, spoiler alert for this very old movie, but uh, it could have been like secret window kind of a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Where she doesn't even know that she's doing this stuff. You know, that could have been interesting, but <clears throat> but I like the fact that she's self-aware of the fact that this is not normal for her either to have these hallucinations, because most characters, when you see them, they're like, OK, well, I might have saw something. I might have not seen something, but I'm not 100 percent sure. With Sam, on the other hand, she's very self-aware to the point where she's like, you know what? I'm having these hallucinations and I have a problem yeah. with these hallucinations and they're not normal. And we'll get into the very end of it, especially whenever you see. Once again, the personality come out whenever you see uh, see Billy come out of, out of that situation. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought the uh, I thought that w- that worked very well. Agreed. Yeah, Sam's true. Uh, okay, so Sam and Richie visit Dewey, uh, who is divorced from Gail. They ask for for his help and stopping the killer. And he contacts Gail and Sidney Prescott, warning them 
of the return of Ghostface. Dewey now, has I, the limp again. <laughs> he's got the limp again. He's got the music back again. Yes. Everything that was not cohesive in the fourth one is back in the fifth one. Yes. So, and then what makes me laugh is about when Dewey goes, look, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you how to survive. And then yeah. you guys can go on ahead and go your own way. He break, he, he's the Randy. He breaks down the rules for him. Right. Yeah. Me too. And he looks at um, <laughs> Richie. He goes, how long have you known Richie? He could be the killer. Oh, yeah. Making he, us self-aware. He, that, pins, he pins Richie right off the bat. And I love that. Same here. And I also like how he goes, look, I've been stabbed four times. No, nine times. Nine times. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Nine times. Okay. And oh, this is what I thought to myself, like, well, in the fourth one, you didn't even acknowledge that you had verse stabbed. Yeah. So, so now here I you was are. reading. I was reading something that says it's because he was doing apparently he was doing physical therapy and not drinking. And so he was able to walk. And now and then so he has stopped doing that and he's drinking it and now it's back. I'm like, I don't think it works. I don't think nerve damage works quite that way. No, but. <laughs> but I do like how they bring up the subject of, oh, it could also be you as well, because you've been in the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. And then stuff like that, too. So therefore, you could be the killer. You're yeah. you. And he goes, man, that cut deep. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely like how he said he goes, you could be the color killer too, because that cut deep. Yeah. Then I like how he's still trying to get over Gail. He's watching her on the morning news show that she does. And she's, he's not 100% healed from that. Yeah. So I definitely like how they're giving us more background and what these characters have been up to over 22 years. So I thought that was really cool. And then, I mean, you know, it really, it's only been 11 since the last time we saw them technically because right. we saw them in four and and they were together at that time you know they they were together and i think they, what, they were getting married or they were already married or, or whatever because I mean, they got married at the end of three right yeah they got yeah, married yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end of three um and so but they were still together in four and now something happened and they're not together you know all that stuff happened they're not together anymore and i was like ah i'm wondering if they did that because of the real life split between them. Cause that happened in between that time. So it made, it, it made me wonder uh, when I first watched it, if, if they chose to do that because of the real life split, and maybe they didn't want to do those romantic scenes together, you know, or anything like that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. That would make sense though, for them to do that though, in that kind of way. Yeah. So I was okay with that because it gives you more character development and more mm -hmm. character building when it comes down to that. Yeah. So I thought it actually fits in. And then of course you also have this other scene basically back where we're in the high schoolers and they're all talking about requels and all that stuff. And, you know, I definitely like how they start talking about uh, the reboots and how Hollywood has run out of ideas and yeah. just, just having casual conversations like how we do as film fans. Yeah. Yeah, it really touched on the 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 meta-ness of this entire series, this entire franchise, and I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I feel like this one managed to do the meta talk better than part four, because mm -hmm. they really leaned heavy into it in part four, like really heavy uh, into the meta stuff. I mean, just from the opening alone of that movie. <laughs> you know they went they went wild with it but right. um i think they they were for a lot of stuff they were able to to kind of rein it in and and showcase it a lot better in this one i think so too it was a lot more settled than what i had remembered in the theaters watching it uh, watching this one at first yeah. i'm like okay this is actually kind of taking me out of it but i haven't seen it since i was in theater so now watching it again I'm like yeah this is actually more settled than i had remembered yeah and so it didn't really take me out of it as much as it did the first go around, because in the first go around, I'm thinking to myself, what are we going to get? What's the connection with the other films and stuff like that? So that was my first uh, thing that I was thinking of whenever I was going in it. But now that I know what I got, you know, and revisiting this a year later, yeah, I think that it has a lot more balance in a sense when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like also uh, 
because you know we were talking about the meta stuff and obviously with that comes stab as their movie franchise within the movie and i love that in four seven is the most recent one they've only had one since just like with scream which i like uh and this is and because they they talked about earlier in, in the movie about the whole elevated thing apparently they they made it somewhat elevated but also not which i thought was weird because the stuff that they show you like ghost face with the silver mask and the flamethrower is i mean if you want to tell me that's elevated horror i don't i mean sure but i don't i don't buy that for a second as being part of elevated horror that's just weird (laughs) that's all all it is and i also love that they they poke fun at themselves about how they say it's it's called stab but it's actually stab eight why don't you just call it stab eight just like how this one is scream but it's really scream five i i really enjoyed how they how they poke fun at themselves for that i do too i like how they poke fun but then it feels more like a spoof film than it does anything else yeah uh, but yeah, then Dewey joins them at Mindy and Chad's home and is reunited with the twins, Martha, uh, Mother Martha, Randy yes. Meek's sister, with the three attacks being on people related to, in some capacity, of the original killer. Mindy deduces that the killer is following the rules of the requel, a continuation of a narrate, narrative that uh, dr- uh, pretty much derives heavily uh, heavily. From the plot of the original while using Tara and her friends as the generation using Sam's connection to Billy as a way to weave the legacy characters. Yeah. And I like how they actually use these new characters and then trying to also share the same universe as the legacy characters. I thought that was pretty cool though. They actually try to elevate both of those at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... The only thing that bummed me out about this when it came to the legacy characters is that we never get to see all three of them together. You know what I mean? It's the only thing. It's, it was it was kind of like what happens in the the Star Wars sequels. We never got to see you know Luke Han and Leia all together at the same time. We didn't get to see Dewey, Sid, and Gale together at the same time, unfortunately, because Sid doesn't even show up until after after Dewey's gone. So, but uh, it's just, I feel like there is uh, a lot that they could have probably done with these legacy characters that they didn't end up getting a chance to do. Uh, we don't even see Sydney until halfway through the movie, which I mean, I was fine with because I was prepared for them to be kind of moving, moving on, which is why I have never been worried about the fact that she's apparently not in the new one. Granted, I haven't seen it. Maybe she is. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't say one, one way or the other, but uh, it, it, it's never bothered me because we only got her for less than half a movie anyways in this one. You know? Right. And I didn't think of it like this, like the leg- legacy characters were never really actually together. They were busy off on their own adventures in a sense, trying to solve yeah. different things. Yeah. So I never thought of it in that kind of context before until yeah. now. So yeah, you're right though. Mm-hmm. Sydney being in the movie is you barely even see her in this film yeah, at all. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting them to do more with the legacy characters whenever they're there, but they're not there to really serve anything other than nostalgia. If you think about yeah. it, I mean, Dewey helps them with with some key stuff. But honestly, until the very end, Gail and Sydney don't really have much of a purpose to be there. Right. You know and my thing mean? is, this. now my question is this. So you remember <laughs> what Amber says, where basically Tara and Sam are the star. So do you think that they're taking given that's the reason why they're being sidelined is because they're telling us as an audience that. These are your stars now. These are the yeah. ones that are going to carry the franchise. These yeah, le- legacy characters are not going to be the ones that carries it anymore. I, I 100% believe that the the whole... Because that was the problem with number four, with them trying to like almost reboot this franchise, is that they still just relied so heavily on the legacy characters that there was no real way, there was no real you know, off point for them. Whereas in this, it's like 
you know, we get the scene with uh, with Sid jogging and she's like, I don't even want to go there. And then it's like, OK, we don't even see her then again for at least a half an no. hour. Right. You know, and so it's like she could show up. She might not. We don't really know. And I was OK with it because we had these new characters that I felt worked. Most of them. <laughs> mm. You yeah. see, I felt the opposite when we came down to these characters, in a sense. I just didn't feel like any of them really helped move along the plot line at all, up until I saw the last movie. And that's whenever I... Now, the last movie, that, like this recent one, I really enjoyed these characters. These characters were the standout for me in this, in this last one. And going back on this one, they work now. Because see, I saw that. For me, for me it felt like what we got when we watched the original movie, we didn't know any of these characters in the first movie. Mm -hmm. These were just characters in this movie. And that's what it felt like to me. It's just, here's these characters in this movie. Yes, there's some, there's connection, but they don't dive into the amount of connection that would take, that took, that would have taken me out of it until far later into the movie. And by then I'm, I'm already in with these characters you know? right at least for me at least right and i think the reason why i was more sold this go around with the other the characters in this last one and six is because of the fact that they did more character building with them yeah and they got more established into that one versus this one yeah and so i didn't think of it as that way of us basically seeing uh Stu and sydney and all them for the very first time in the first screen movie and it's the same way that we would actually see it in the fifth one. So I didn't think about it in that kind of way yeah. either. But I think that they do a better job in the sixth one establishing these characters. And then going back on this one, I'm actually more sold on the characters now because now I know what they're like in this, on this next one. I mean, most of the characters are just fodder for Ghostface, realistically. Mm -hmm. Even the ones that don't actually die in the end, because like the twins don't actually die. And I know that at least I, I've seen at least the brother in the trailer for the new one. Are they both in it? Yeah, they're both in yeah, it. Okay. So it, it makes sense that we would get more development with them now because we know who they are. Um, and so they can then do more. But yeah, in this one, really, they're there to be those stand-in characters for like Randy in them. You know what I mean? Like right. she is definitely the Randy of the group, you know, because she knows all about the movies and everything. Uh, and they were there to become fodder for Ghostface, but with them surviving, which again, this Amber is not as good of a killer as she thinks she is. She's vicious, but she's not precise in any way because she lets six people live that she tries to kill. Like it, right. it's, it's wild that she is. I feel like she uh, she lets live more people than she actually kills. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oops, I almost killed you, but I didn't kill you. Yeah. So many times that this happens. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, I think it's um, seven. Seven? Might be seven. It's about if you count uh Dewey and uh, then of course Gale, the two twins. Well yeah, no, Dewey, Dewey Dewey she gets. Yeah, did. Yeah, did. Uh, okay. So it's 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 the twins, it's the two main girls, uh Tara and Sam. It's the two legacy characters. Which would be Gail and Sydney. That's the reason I thought there was one more, but now I'm not honestly sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, either I think way, there's, there's about at least six. six. Yeah, there's at least six. Yeah. That's there's six that survived this. And yeah. yeah, they're not very cohesive whenever it comes down to the killings or anything like that. I think mm -hmm. uh Billy and Stu were the only two that was actually cons consecutive with their kills, unless you count the other killers though too, because they were more consecutive though too. Yeah. When killing everybody. Um, but yeah. Sam's connection to Billy as a weave to the legacy character. Ghostface then murders West and his mother, Sheriff Judy Hicks, at the town. Dewey reunites with Gail, who has arrived in town to cover the story at the hospital. Tara and Richie are attacked by Ghostface, but are saved by an arriving Dewey and Sam. Sam, Tara, and Richie escape, but Dewey is killed when they attempt to finish off Ghostface. So I liked how, you know, once again, they're playing off the technology of it. Yeah. And you know, that's when we have 
basically, we actually have Judy who actually answers the phone. Her son's trying. Um, basically, she's going to go out and get sushi for her son and her to eat. <clears throat> and Wes is over there getting ready to take a shower. I and love then, Judy's yeah. initial reaction before he even like she hears something like the door open, I think. And she calls out no answer. Her first instinct is to grab a knife. And I love that. Same. It's like like so many movies go by and people just like, oh, what's that noise? And they go and inspect it. No weapon, no nothing. But she's like she I feel like she could have probably like she's she's the sheriff. I feel like she had to have had like a gun nearby. Like, come on. But no, she right. grabs a knife, and I don't know. I like that visual of her walking around with the knife. Yeah. I think it also has a lot to do with too. She's not just a civilian off the clock. Yeah. Either she's she's a cop, so therefore she's gonna be more self aware than just a civilian. So there, yeah. she's gonna come out with some kind of weapon. And at first, I thought she would be the one who would actually carry the uh, be the new legacy character to go forward. Yeah. So did I. Uh, her death was out other than Dewey's hers was, was the most shocking to me. It was. I, I did not, I did not see that happening. Um, and then I, I did not think that her son was going to die right then and there too. Like I thought it was, he was going to find her and then, and that was going to be part of it. And maybe he would maybe die later on kind of a thing, but no. <laughs> and they we built make it. They did such a good job of building tension throughout the scene with him. I, I noticed this quite a few times where like we have like an open door, right? And you'd hear that music just start to swell. The door would close and the music would drop and there'd be nothing there. You know, because they're trying to build they're trying to get you ready as an audience member for a scare. You know, so they're they're getting you tense and then they're dropping it and then they're getting it, they're doing it, they they do it like three times before it actually happens. And I thought it was a fantastic uh, way to really build that tension throughout the scene. Same here, because, okay, so you have Judy coming home, for instance, and then she's checking everything around. But I liked how she goes up to the front door and there's Ghostface and she he winds up stabbing her. And the tension takes away off of Wes to be like, okay, thank God, Wes is okay. But at the same time, damn, he got they got the mother. Yeah. So therefore, that tension is now erased because you're thinking everything's all fine on the these on the West front because of the fact that, you know, okay, you have one kill. There's no way they're going to kill, have another kill within the same scene. Yeah. Then when you get Wes out there who winds up seeing his mom dead outside, then that tension is like you said, it raises again. And then he's, he's dead. Yeah. Wes winds up dying. Yeah. Yeah. He closes the door, turns around and boom, there he is. Just cause I, yeah, I was not expecting that as well. I thought the, they did a great job with that scene. I really enjoyed it. I did too. <laughs> Seems I, weird I to say that I enjoyed these kill scenes, but <laughs> trust me, I, when I had vengeance on, he goes, even I have to check my own self whenever I'm talking about Scream. Is like, yeah, that scene was actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, then, then I like how Dewey and Dale re- reunites, and she goes, "Really, Dewey." You sent me a text message saying that the killer is alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, like, oh, I really you you were on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the air. Well, how do you know I was on the air? Yeah. Uh, and she goes, I, I watched your show. <laughs> but yeah, then who has arrived to cover the story at the hospital? Tara and Richie are attacked by Ghostface. And Richie's also watching at this point, he's watching all the stab movies to get prepared so that way he'll know what to do if he survives. Yeah, because he claims that he, that he had never seen them before. Right. And he's watching them on Netflix. And then, you know, all of Tara's friends are actually thinking that Richie might be the murderer because they don't really know him that well mm-hmm. either. And so after that winds up happening, everybody winds up leaving. And then it just leaves Tara alone in the hospital because of the fact that the sheriff that was supposed to be watching them got the call about uh judy and then you'd wind up seeing sam getting pissed off like where where are you supposed to be with my sister well i got the call out here yeah see this hospital scene to me worked a bit better than the one in part four because at least we got to see like the dead security guard so we knew that there was there was somebody there 
but Ghostface took him out. You know what I mean? So uh, unlike the completely empty, apparently hospital in the fourth movie, right. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I actually really liked this hospital scene quite a bit. I thought it was really well done and um, some really great cinematography going throughout it. The shots that were done, the, the lighting I thought was fantastic, especially when, when Ghostface comes walking out of the room all slow, they use that. They use the shot in the trailer, and it's one of the best shots in the entire movie. And it's just he comes out, it's just like looks looking sideways down down the hall at her, and she's crawling down the hall. It's just like it, it's creepy. I love it. I thought it was really well done. Same. That's actually one of my favorite scenes. Is the hospital scene that hot part of the hospital scene is actually one of my favorites. The cinematography, the lighting works. Then you're seeing Tara in the wheelchair try to wheel um wheel herself and then he gets a call from sam i believe and that's when he winds up answering in it and then that's when you hear him saying well it's gonna be a shame that something happens to your sister and he's yeah. doing this as he's following her so this is on a whole different level especially whenever they have Different vo- using the different voices again, digitalizing it and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. I like that the the modulator is like built in. So like you mm-hmm. see at one point, like they press the button like near the neck, and it's yeah, so like it's just in there. Like they have they have the ability to hold it in their hand too, but it's obviously still it's built into the mask too. And I I thought that was really cool. That's what I liked about that was that where it's just a press of a button and you can actually get that kind of ghost face flavor to it. So that's so something that, I thought that was so they, cool. So that ghost face could still talk just while walking around. I thought that was really, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, that's cool. It makes it a whole lot more haunting and terrifying, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. So I, that worked for me. And then, you know, they wind up getting into a car, um, they wind up getting into a wrestling match, uh, Dewey and, ghost face yeah and then you know he winds up Dewey winds up shooting him making him go up against the wall they're about to leave and then Dewey's like um they always come back i have yeah. to shoot him in the head i'm like dewey you do not need just go back on the elevator you don't need to go do this dude i understand but we still have a couple more minutes in this movie so you can survive go back in the elevator yeah <laughs> he goes back now, this oh, is the man. part that is brutal for me. This kill is the most brutal kill of the entire movie. Not just because of who it is, but like the way the way she kills him. It, Takes two knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I talked earlier about how vicious she is. This right here is proof pudding right here man it's like it's it is the exact thing i was talking about just how incredibly vicious she is as a as a killer because we haven't seen like she guts him essentially outside of uh a call like the the opening scene of the first movie where where they gut casey's boyfriend and then um there's a uh, a scene i think it's in the third one mm-hmm. i think we see it's either the third one or the fourth one i, I can't i mean it's all blurred together now uh where we see another scene that's similar to that where somebody gets gutted you don't see stuff like that very often in these movies not that no. that vicious and so it it made his death that much harder to take is even watching it again it was still hard to watch Definitely, man. Like she stabbed him at every major artery that he had whenever he was stabbed those seven times. Yeah. And ripped him wide open in a sense. Yeah. And that and seeing him die that way, I'm like, you survived all five of these movies, all four of these movies, and then get gutted like that. I'm like, I mean, she, like you said, two knives, one in front, and she just right. pulls them both straight up. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, man, this is this is insane. What's happening right now? Yeah. And I was shocked. I was saddened by the fact that Dewey's killed off because he's actually one of my favorite characters, aside from mm-hmm. the uh, the other character in part two, where you actually see him uh, naming off all the movies and stuff like that. I keep I forgot his name now, but oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, so then we wind up after that. <clears throat> uh, 
Sydney arrives in town after learning of Dewey's death and meets with Gail and Sam at the hospital. Sydney asks Sam to help stop the killer, but Sam declines, choosing to leave town with Richie and Tara. And of course he wouldn't want to leave town because of the fact he just wants to have Sam to himself to where he can kill Sam probably. Yeah. And get her into a safe environment. And also Tara to kill both of them. Yeah. Um, Sydney coming back. I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, okay. She makes a comment at one point, not long after she returns, that this every, all of this started with Billy Loomis. And it bothered me that she said that because she knows better and she knows that Roman's the one who started all of this. Like we go through all these movies, we go through three and we know we find out that Roman's the one that gets them to do all of this. He's the one that taught them how to do all of this. And I kind of like, I get that they're, they're leaning more into the stuff from the first movie with the Billy stuff and the stew. I, I get that, but I would have really liked a Roman reference here instead. It would be, be more fitting, especially yeah. when you're talking about the stab movies mm-hmm. and they were trying to make a stab movie in part three. Yeah. So it would be more fitting to do that in part five because you have this new generation of kids with this new genre way of looking at horror movies and being presented in that kind of way, it would be more fitting to actually talk about Roman. And I think that he would actually, and she could have connected a bit with Sam in that way. She could have been like, yeah, well, my brother was a serial killer. So like, I understand what it's like to have family who is, who you know, to be family of a serial killer. She could have, she could have connected with her in that way too. You know what I mean? Right. I think that would actually be a better way of actually doing it. Instead of trying just to copy part one and part two. Yeah. And just make it where you're talking about the third film because it's more fitting. Yeah. In that kind of way. But still. Yeah. But Sydney and Gail follows neighbors, which is to be revealed to Stu's former home where the original Woodsboro Massacre took place. Now, I remember in the theater looking at the white fence, especially when you see one of the fence, uh, one of the twins comes out of the house. I'm like, that white fence looks familiar. But I'm like, did they do what I think they did? I'm like, no, they, I, I was like, that's just as iconic as the nightmare on Elm street house. And I, I remember seeing because they show a shot of it in the trailer, the original mm-hmm. trailer for this movie. And I remember seeing it and I remember the internet exploding with uh, screenshots of it all over the place. I mean, like this has got to be Stu's house. Like, like, I mean, and obviously it is, but we didn't really know for sure because, like, the paint's different, obviously, and like, there's a little bit of different, you know, stuff updated stuff because it's been a while. Um, and so I, I remember thinking that, okay, is this actually his house? And then we get the confirmation of it, and it was just, I thought it was a great way to tie in to kind of bring us back around to that original movie. We get a very similar scene with it inside the house you know the party going on and i like you know and so I, th- I thought it was a real nice touch for them to do that with i did too give it a more of a modern day take on it mm-hmm. of course the house looks different it's more modern uh than in the 90s yeah and it still has that flavor to it but once it's revealed that's what it is i'm like i was geeked out in the theater mm-hmm. just watching it and i'm like oh, yeah because I, all i saw was a white fence and i'm like wait is that what i think it is yeah because I only wa- I have a rule where I only watch one trailer to something. Oh, gotcha. and that's okay. it. So because some trailers actually give away too much. So that's I didn't true. go. So I didn't go in and saw anything from that trailer that you mentioned. And I was just geeked out, surprised by it. I'm nice. like, is and just to have that little mystery element not spoiled for me. And then when they give you that wide angle shot of Sydney looking out from the outside of the house and looking in her face falls out, out realizing, Oh shit. That's the shot that they use in the trailer. Yeah. I really love that shot. That's actually one of my favorite shots that they use. It's like, Oh shit. I'm back at this place again. And it's nostalgic for us, but it's haunting for her. Oh yeah. 
yeah and uh it, it, it's just going in knowing that it's his house and just like looking around like okay there's the staircase you know we know you know stuff that happens there's the living room it's set up fairly similarly too um it, all the you know we we go back into that kitchen you know the infamous mm-hmm. kitchen where it all goes down at the end it was and even the basement awesome. dude like the yeah. basement part especially when the two teens are going down to the basement yeah and I'm like, okay, this gives me instant vibes of when the girl who got stuck in the uh, Tatum, yeah, yeah, and when Tatum got stuck in the garage, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I had instant flashbacks of nostalgia from it. I really thought it was really played off really well. And of course, you also have one of the same, uh, one of the characters telling Amber, which is one of the twins, and she says, "Well, you're you broke one of the rules." you're supposed to ask someone to come with you. Yeah. Cause you could be the kill because I could be the killer. And then Amber plays off the narrative of this. She goes, well, since you think I'm the killer, then you could be the killer too. I love it. Cause then, yeah. Cause then she's like, I am the killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though she's not, you know? And I thought that it was just a really well, I love that basement scene. It's, it's so good. It um, definitely is. I also and love then- that we get to see more of stab one more like scenes from stab one that we never saw before we got we saw the randy scene with him talking so we never got a chance to see that before right that was really cool that was a cool meta moment especially when you see mindy over there and she's telling him uh telling basically her uncle to watch out just as she was about to get stabbed yeah so i thought that was pretty fun uh a fun moment for me where where she's actually witnessing her uncle dying (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Randy. Uh, But yeah, Chad and Mindy are both attacked by Ghostface. As the friend group converse, Amber pulls out a gun and shoots Liv in the head, feeling herself as the killer. Sydney and Gail arrive, and Richie is revealed as Amber's accomplice. He stabs Sam, and he he and Amber take Sam, Sydney, and Gail into the kitchen, where Sydney had first faced off against Billy and Stu. So... My first initial thought was like, okay, this is actually feeling back in the nineties again. This is, yeah. And then knowing that it's actually Richie that's the killer, I'm like, ah, dude, you're not even that threatening. You're like a whiny little bitch to me. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah, know, <laughs> uh, I, like I said before, Richie is the is is the one character that I was not a big fan of throughout this. So it's just. I, I had no problem with him dying. <laughs> it was totally I didn't fun. either. It was cool with me. I had no problem with it. Yeah. But I do like how Amber's taking full control of this whole entire situation as well and saying, well, I, it's me and it's also Richie that's actually doing the killing and we're going to be the new stars. Yeah. Yeah, they take they take toxic fandom to the extreme in this movie you know, with these characters, which I thought was interesting how they, they really, they really pointed out, you know, they try to, they try to make it seem like, you know, cause they even say that, you know, there's no such thing as toxic fandom, you know, but they're literally, that's literally what they are. You know, the, they're the, they're the murderers trying to convince you that they're not the bad guys, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really an interesting, um, an interesting co- you know, piece of commentary on, how just how toxic these fandoms can be right and then they also point out the like you said they point out the fact that you know there's toxic fandoms out there and they even they even say how they don't like toxic 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 um you know how they don't like it yeah yeah but yeah um but yeah i do like this other thing though too where you have richie and amber who reveals they are fans of stab and in this uh, the film series who met online dis- disappointed at the in the tragedy taken from the most recent stab eight they decided to reembark a new killing spree bringing back the original cast to provide new and improved source material for a future requel stab film and intend to frame Sam as the killer Sam attacks Richie and Tara attacks Amber but is inco- uh, incapacitated yeah here's the thing whenever they were saying oh I met him online. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it's like a, a a subreddit, a stab subreddit, or something like that. I'm just like, 
That's why I stay away from Reddit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it can be dangerous. Yep. <laughs> but it's kind of weird to actually see these two people because uh, then she goes, yeah, you know, we met off of uh, off of a Reddit and, you know, we, we had some common interest and yeah. we thought we, we could actually improve on some things. I'm like, dude, this is actually real life. What are you what are you think thinking here? You yeah. know? Yeah, it's just two people who uh, should never be in touch with any people. You know what no. I mean? Like these are the kind of people who just no. Um, I just <sighs> the fact that he sought Sam out specifically, built you know, f- built this relationship with her. They've been together for six months. Like that's an insane long play. You know it's. Granted, Billy pretty much did the same thing, you know? So it's like they are obviously they're trying to kind of play a little bit on what happens in the first met, you know, in both the script plus their motives, their meta motives, you know? So it's, yeah, I just don't like him. (laughs) I I I, I didn't like him either, to be honest with you. And I, I thought he's just like a little whiny bitch the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not even threatening. Girl, if you're going to meet someone online, at least let him be at least 200 pounds muscular um, weight to where you can actually be a lot more dangerous than this person. Don't get me wrong. I love this guy as an actor. Yeah. But this guy is like a little whiny person that I wouldn't want. He doesn't even do much. He doesn't. No. He, he, he What does he kill? One person? Maybe two? I don't even... Or he tries to kill one person, maybe two. It's right. Amber who does all the heavy lifting, really. You know, and he you're right. Richie doesn't really do anything. Yeah, you know he 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 attempts to kill the 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 female twin, who again name I cannot remember, and he t- he he uh, stabs um, Sam. Does he stab Sam? I think he stabs Sam. Yeah, he stabs uh, Sam. Yeah. So it's like. He doesn't do much, man. No, he just stabs her one time, stabs mm-hmm. Sam one time, saying that he was the one who is also doing the killing. Then you also have, um, of course, you wind up having Amber who admits and owns up to everything that she's done. Yeah. And she stabs Gail. Yeah. But, but yeah. Gail she, got shot, though, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she got shot. At the end of the movie, she's just sitting there on the on the ambulance, just fine. Like, I'm pretty sure with a gunshot wound, you're, they're, you're going to the hospital, right? Because remember like, this: Amber's over there pretending goes. There's a there's a there's a killer in the house. Yeah. Please help me, help yeah. me. And she's leaning over a little bit, and Gail and Sydney both look at each other. It's a trap. And at that moment, that's when Amber winds up opening yeah. fire and shooting her in the in the uh, stomach. And then yeah. that's when Sydney says, "You need to go to the hospital, girl." Yeah, but she doesn't. That's no. the thing. She doesn't. She's she's just fine, apparently. <laughs> she's she's super gay, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Just like, okay, you know what? We're gonna let you do your news for media report at the very end of this. So it's yeah. gonna be good. We're gonna show you up and act like nothing even happened. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood magic. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> then you know, you also have this thing too where Gail's breaking free and uh and shooting Amber, who lands on and turns on the stove oh and is set on fire. This made me laugh my ass off. That and scene, I thought it was such was a great like, kill. Holy shit, man. They went for it with that with that scene. It was wild. <laughs> Same because I was thinking to myself, okay, because I forgot what happened in this thing. So I'm like, okay, does does she uh shoot? The oven making it explode. What happens here? Because oh, yeah. you. So my first initial thought was an explosion, but then when you find out, oh, she shoots her, makes her land on the flame, and then causes her to burn. Uh, that's that's brutal. It is, that, man. <laughs> Especially after you find out that didn't even kill her. No, that didn't even phase her. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, Richie pursues Sam and who sees another hallucination of Billy, which brings her attention to Amber's. Uh, abandoned knife and braces her uh, 
parental heritage is what I call it. She uses a knife to stab Richie repeatedly dude, before shooting and killing she him. She went full serial killer on this dude, and I loved it. <laughs> Same, because went she kills, crazy. she stabs him over and over again, and then Sydney goes around and goes, they're never dead. Mm-hmm. She just shoots him in the head after that, after stabbing him like seven times. She shoots him like twice in the chest, and then once, I think it's actually like here, it goes like, because he's laying down, and she shoots him, and it goes like through his chin and up. And <laughs> Not to give any spoilers for you or anything like that, but they do mention some part of that in the movie itself. So it is very oh. continuity within it and everything. Good. So that's something I wanted to mention. Good. Okay. That part. Yeah, um, but yeah. And then, you know, I like how they do that. And then you, then after that, Amber gets back up after she said they, you have to, sh- and then of course that's when I think she's Sydney- all burnt to shit. Just charred up. <laughs> I love the makeup and the prosthetics yeah. for that, though, oh, because yeah. it does look like a burned victim. It doesn't look CGI or anything like that. It's really good practical effects for it. Yeah, absolutely. And she comes out there screaming, and then she winds up. Then, of course, we wind up seeing Tara shoot her best friend in the head, yeah. which I thought was better, bittersweet, to be honest with you, to have Tara have that moment. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like Tara got over it. You know, <laughs> yeah. The, I feel like she was like, "This bitch tried to kill me. I'm good. We'll just." Do and <laughs> she also stole, also too. Richie also stole her and healer, which also made them go back over there too. Because yeah, remember, man. that's why they were going even back over the thing too, because because she forgot her inhaler when they were trying to get out of town. Yeah. So that's Richie also had the inhaler. Yeah. So she was just pissed off at that point. She was like, "I'm just done." This this friendship is fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tara and, and the Meeks twins are loaded into the ambulance to be taken to the hospital. Sam thanks Sydney and Gail for their help. Gail promises not to write a new book about the new murders and gives the killer uh, notary uh, opting to write a tribute to Dewey instead. Sam joins Tara in the ambulance and the night's events are covered at a news report. Do they cover, like, has she started the book at all? Do they cover any of that in the new one? They don't cover that part in the thing itself. Because I know Gail's in it, so I thought that would have been cool. Right. There's some mention of her writing the book or something about Dewey. That would be cool. But, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to say this. I I enjoy the, um, I actually enjoy doing all these rewatches with you. Yeah, man, this has been great. I've loved it. Same. Yeah. I enjoyed doing these reviews, rewatches, reviews with you. And then, you know, another thing I want to do is do my ranking real quick. So I'm going to go Scream 1. Oh, no, no, no. Scream 2 is my number one. Oh, OK. I'm going a little different. Uh, Scream, uh, Scream 1 after that. Then I'm going with Scream 4. It actually got jumped up to the number three spot. So and then. After that, I'm going to put this new one in four. Okay. Three at the bottom, a little um, bottom, and then this one. Okay. At the very bottom, a little bit, because I enjoyed it, but not enough to actually boost it up. But part four actually made me, after rewatching it, made me enjoy it a lot more than what I wanted. Nice. Very so, nice. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, mine, mine's, mine's a bit different <laughs> than yours. Uh, and Again, I have not seen the new one, so mine is that number six is not in my ranking, but I go one, five, four, two, and three. That's nice. How, and and I've I've rewatched these many times, and that numbering has not changed. Okay. So yeah. Last year I think I had uh Scream Two, Scream One. And I think I had four like the very bottom oh, for me. So it kind of and, 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 and to everybody out there, you know, I love all of these movies. So just because you know two and three are at the bottom doesn't mean anything because I still yeah. love watching them every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, man, this has been a blast. I'm glad that we got a chance to finish up the rewatches and stuff like me that. Too. Yeah. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this new one because I enjoyed it a lot. And uh sure. if you but let me know what you think. I want to know what you think later on. Absolutely. We'll probably have like an, a scream after talk or something like that, where we'll just talk about scream for a little bit. Just do like a, like a, like a franchise talk a little bit. Yeah. Just a little franchise talk. Nice. I dig it. Okay. 
because I want to get your thoughts on it. I missed you the other night when we went, couldn't do this uh, like we wanted to, but yeah. I want to get your initial thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see it and definitely talk about it. Okay. Well, do you have anything going on with the Merc for the Movie blog or anything like that? Uh, just same as, same as always. Go check out uh, Last Call at McLaren's, my uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, we're right now we're doing How I Met Your Father because it's airing weekly. Uh, so go and check that out. It's on the uh, Merc Movie Blog YouTube channel. Um, it's on a uh, podcast just under the Last Call at McLaren. So definitely go and check that out. Nice. So, guys, that's going to be it as far as this review goes. I am taking a couple of days off just to have a little bit of a mental health break and stuff like that. But I will be back. So, matter of fact, uh, I'll let you guys know whenever I have something new that I'm actually going to be brewing up. But Saturday, I'm actually going to come back to do my John Wick Chapter 4 review for the spoiler review at 8 o'clock Central time, 9 o'clock Eastern time. But I am taking a few days off. So, with that being said, that's going to be it for the night. Thank you again, Josh. I do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You're always welcome over here. I do appreciate it. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>